0: In Hawaii, it's kind of a weird culture in Hawaii when you play, because mm-hmm. when you play, no one really celebrates, and you want to kind of, you want to kind of like let your play do the talking. And if you get a kill, like no one really celebrates too much. And okay. I kind of grew up like that, like, okay. like I'm supposed to kill every ball, kind of,
1: hmm.
0: you know, and yeah. kind of like I want to be humble. We hmm. live in like kind of a more Asian culture, <laughs> yes. right? You, you uh-huh. don't want to be disrespectful as well, uh-huh. and uh, kind of my coach kept saying like, you need, you don't have the presence. Mm. that the court presence that this other guy has mm. and I'm like even though I'm doing our team plays like kind of better when I'm on the court mm-hmm. I don't have that court presence mm-hmm. for the longest time. I'm like what the hell does that mean yeah. right yeah. like yeah. what does court presence mean uh-huh. and uh, and that totally shift right Yeah because now I have the mural in the stand right because <laughs> yes. my freshman yes. year I would never celebrate like that yeah never ever I would never have this court presence uh-huh. of this confidence, uh-huh. this like energetic, Bringing like hyping up the team, using my mm-hmm. energy yes. to better my teammates—that mm-hmm. whole philosophy. Yeah. So that was a whole thing I had to
2: learn and grow up. Okay. Definitely my freshman year. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences, while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients and you with one goal in mind how to optimize human performance this is the right place to learn how a multi-dimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire welcome back everyone this week we have a exciting guest kupono fe who is out of Punoho school he graduated in 2013 then went on to play at the university of hawaii and had a great career at the university of hawaii and then went on to play professionally in italy for a team called argos volley in sora italy so he's been there for the past three seasons and he has a lot of experience and knowledge and a lot of things to share not only with volleyball but just progressing as an athlete and also taking care of a few injuries here and there. So welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. How's everything going so far? It's going good. It's going good. Good. And I think the first thing with all the recent guests, let's talk about how's it been like with the COVID-19 situation and trying to find a balance between training and facilities and all of that.
0: Yeah, it's definitely been uh, a task definitely been hard to find um a gym open mm-hmm. uh, especially with the restrictions now too so yeah. um it's definitely made it more difficult
2: to stay in shape yeah but you're one of the few people that i know personally that has almost a full gym setup at home in your garage so yeah. that's helping you out a lot and you have a lot of equipment at home right yeah even from a crossfit gym you were telling me yeah that you're able to keep training and everything
0: yeah so we're pretty lucky um my, my dad loved CrossFit, but then he kind of went in with some of his uh, friends and some other family to, to buy some equipment and have it at home. And now we poured some concrete, put a roof over, and it's a pretty good setup. So we're pretty fortunate that we had that equipment like years before
2: this. Yes, So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And let's, let's start with you growing up in Hawaii and going to Punahou. And from everything, all of our conversations that we've had, your whole family is super active. So, yeah. how did that play out growing up, and how did you, what sports did you play, and what was your childhood like in Hawaii?
0: Um, my childhood was was pretty awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty active. Our family is super active. My mom is a PE teacher at Punahou, so that starts it off right there. My dad is a big waterman. He's always canoe paddling, surfing. Mm-hmm. Body surfing is huge, so definitely growing up, living at Makapu, body surfing, I uh, played basketball volleyball and football growing up Mm -hmm. but every other sport
2: too when i was a kid yeah pretty active lifestyle for sure yes so when did volleyball when did you start volleyball since that's your sport now of choice honestly i didn't start
0: playing club until i was 15 okay so when i was a freshman in high school i stopped playing football i made a switch and joined a club volleyball team uh kui kai got it
2: what made you what made you switch from football to volleyball well, before, and
0: uh, like when I was in elementary, football and volleyball was the same season. So, yes. But then they changed, so I could play both. Um, but I just liked volleyball more. I loved going to practice, and I thought I needed to kind of sacrifice mm-hmm. football to get better at volleyball, to join a club, because all the timing and stuff, right? And so yeah. it's hard to do too many sports. And I love basketball, so yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to give that up.
2: That's true. So what did you play in football? Uh... When I was really young, I was a quarterback, but then I was, like, mm-hmm. a wide receiver when I was in middle school. Got it. Yeah. And were you always... So, for people that don't know Kuponofi, you're, what, 6'4", 6'5"? 6'5"? Yeah, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, did you always have this height growing up, or did you hit a growth spurt that yeah. affected your decision to switch to volleyball?
0: Um, I definitely was kind of, like, a tall, lengthy kid, but... Okay. I definitely didn't wasn't like 215 in high school. I was like 185. <laughs> got it So I was pretty scrawny uh, and volleyball just seemed more fun. I love football. I love the game but mm-hmm. it just I didn't enjoy going to practice. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just we're not playing football in practice. it's just a lot of drills mm-hmm. and uh, volleyball's a lot different. So I really enjoyed going to volleyball
2: practice and that's why I kind of quit football. Got it got yeah. it yeah. So growing up being active and always in the water or around sports and everything. Were there any injuries at an early age, or were you pretty fortunate and pretty healthy growing uh,
0: up? Yeah, I wasn't. I was pretty fortunate. I never really had like a major injury. My ankles, mm-hmm. uh, my only thing. Mm-hmm. I sprained both of my ankles twice, and one of them like every year in college for my like, four years. <laughs> got it. So every year I had a bad ankle injury, but
2: it's honestly not as bad. Yeah, not yeah. as bad as. Oh, that's that's interesting. So yeah. that's good. You got to really focus on volleyball and everything was there anything in high school that really started to get you serious about volleyball and was there a point where you got to where you were like i want to play at the next level or i want to play at uh yeah and what was that kind of since you started so late and well relatively late right compared to your teammates probably you started at 15 when you started to make that switch to volleyball
0: yeah um i definitely started late compared to other players i play with a lot of great players like tui mike amaa mm-hmm. evan enriquez and man they started playing volleyball when they're like three years old or five <laughs> years old right yeah so even though they're younger than me i always felt behind and mm-hmm. if anyone knows me i'm very driven and pretty intense um but definitely something that kind of catch like the bug right that uh-huh. people talk about uh, so my first year I joined club it was my 15th year okay. we qualify for JOs which is Junior Olympics which is like the big tournament in the summer for okay. all the men's clubs the tournaments right uh, it's my first year I've played volleyball like like intermediate right like okay. nothing <laughs> serious <laughs> um, and I end up making the all tournament team okay. we come in 5th place in the JOs Junior Olympics and that was probably our best accomplishment in, for the club as well to come 5th okay. place and I ended up making an all-tournament team, which is, like, the top 14 guys in the whole tournament. Okay. <laughs> um, and then right then and there, I kind of just, like, wow, I need to really, like, stick with volleyball. Like, this <laughs> is... this I could go somewhere with this, right? Uh-huh. Um, and then it's just all high school. Uh, definitely, if you talk to my old high school teammates, I was pretty intense. <laughs> and I wanted to... I always wanted to play in college, I, I looked up, I watched NFL players, NBA, like I, I wanted to be in the NBA since I was like a little kid, mm-hmm. so I always wanted to be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Some other guys, people play for fun, and I, <laughs> I wasn't there for fun, I, was, I wanted to get better, I wanted to improve, mm-hmm. I wanted to play for college, I wanted to play pro, um, I wanted to get paid to play uh-huh. something I love, mm-hmm. and uh, so that always driven me in high school and definitely in college Yeah, you know, to,
2: to be the best I could be, uh, awesome. And so, when you when you made that all tournament team, was there anything, a shift not only in mindset but like what you, what you did, how you trained, kind of what your, what your goals were in high school, or was there anything that, really changed and the light bulb went off?
0: Yeah, I remember like you get like this team you get like this team plaque or whatever, okay. J-O's, and then you get a plaque for making all tournament team. So I okay. put that on the wall. And my dad would be like, well, we might as well make room for three more, right? Three more all-tournament teams. Sadly, I didn't make all-tournament team again. But, um, you know, it was just, like, a really good goal. And definitely uh, sparked my interest in volleyball more. And, one, I just wanted to play volleyball
2: more. Yeah. Just... All the time. All the time. Yeah. You, you might have to tell your dad that he jinxed it and he made <laughs> rum and then... Yeah, <laughs> that, and then there's just offended. like empty spaces on the wall. No, but, no, no. But no, that's that's awesome to hear. And I think it's good for the listeners to hear because it's a different perspective. Some people it's like, yeah, from three, four years old, you've been playing this sport yeah. the sport the whole time. But I think for you, because maybe you started later and you saw the potential that you had, mm-hmm. maybe it kept a drive there. Or, you yeah. know, you had a little bit more desire to, okay, let's work at this and yeah. try to get better and catch up to the people that you thought that, you know, the level that you wanted to play. And a lot of those players that you did mention, they played professionally. So it's yeah. like you guys have a good group or community here that kind of supports each other. But also, you have the talent here to play with the best of the best in the world. Really, Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah and we're really lucky to be in Hawaii because, I mean... Mm-hmm. three of the 12 Olympic uh, volleyball players yes. are from Hawaii. So that's a quarter of the team. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty unique to be from Hawaii and have uh, that much percent of mm-hmm. your friends or your family or locals on mm-hmm. the national team playing yes. in the Olympics. So
2: Yeah, even that, that's that's crazy to think yeah. of. A small little state exactly. is yeah. making up, like you said, almost yeah. a fourth of the... Instead
0: of like a whole state of California where volleyball is huge, but... Yes it's totally different right yes and definitely something else that drove me was you know i've been in the usa pipeline since i was 15 Mm -hmm. so we try we have usa tryouts the the pipeline's very good they Mm -hmm. they have tryouts all over but my first tryout i tried out in hawaii and i made like the a2 team the a2 camp or whatever okay so there's a1 a2 there's even a3 especially Mm -hmm. when you're young so i made a2 i ended up going to colorado springs and um Having a camp there, it was an amazing experience, like, okay. great guys, and you're just 15 years old, you're living, you're playing volleyball twice a day, yeah. it's awesome, right? Uh-huh. And they ended up giving awards out at the end, and I ended up being, like, the, basically the MVP, or the best player at the okay. camp. Okay. And they even talked, my parents came, and they even talked, like, yeah, we've had some trouble with, like, maybe the, the camps here, the tryouts mm-hmm. in Hawaii, because uh-huh. they're not, like, ranking them the best. Got so it. then, ever since then, I was been in like the A ones, going through there, trying to compete with all like the top uh, yeah. people in my age group. So that was really a great experience, and just trying to compare yourself also with mm-hmm. people of your age group, trying to be be better than them. I was never, I was always behind. I always felt behind, but it was always a great motivator. Awesome,
2: yeah. yeah. I mean, that's those stories are interesting too to hear because not only in Hawaii the competition was good, but you got to compete with the best of the best. Yeah. And that kind of drove you to get better and better. Yeah, in Hawaii, in high school volleyball, how was it? How was the ILH dynamic when you were in high school, especially your junior senior year? How junior they,
0: senior year? Yeah. Well, uh, sophomore year was my first year on varsity. Okay, we ran a six-two. I was like the second opposite, and we ended up losing my cousin in the state. <laughs> finals the state championship your is Micah Christiansen yes. uh, it was on the big island and uh, junior and senior year, we ended up winning twice okay um, but it was definitely a constant battle if you don't put a hole mm-hmm. like we are very notorious for volleyball teams and we have a great a lot of great players that come out of Punahou mm-hmm. but it's also very competitive within mm-hmm. the team yep. and it's I didn't really start until my senior year to be honest okay. because we have such a so much talent on the team mm-hmm. as well and that comes with experience and that yeah playing time right you get more experience with playing time so uh definitely looking up to guys even tui man tui was a beast yeah. yes. and he's younger than me but man i always looked up to him uh-huh. to see what he could do and try and replicate what he could do mm-hmm.
2: and he's helped me so much even in college yes yeah. so at Punahou, at uh2 yeah primarily outside hitter yeah played. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then one of the things that you've kind of educated me on which I was kind of in the blue on is that a lot of times the players that come out of Hawaii yeah, they're excellent passers and yeah. one of the things that you said was because Hawaii is naturally smaller you yeah. have to play you know you have to play all the positions and be able to pass otherwise you don't get on the court yeah. right? that's one of the, the strengths I think that all of the Hawaii players tend to have so yeah. how did that kind of shift because you're playing a lot of defense professionally right yeah. do you play libero sometimes
0: I have played for Libero. I played mm. Libero for the U.S. Uh, Pan American team okay. last summer. We oh. went to Mexico to
2: eat or Peru, sorry, to convene in mm. the Pan American games. Okay. Yeah. So how did that, I guess, transform that you're From so or versatile if- or like you can play all of the positions and, you know, that's yeah. a huge asset, especially for you to not only play on the – American teams or the USA team yeah, but also professionally for me or uh-huh. for
0: people in Hawaii I guess generally both, yeah. okay well generally uh-huh. that goes back to club volleyball right yeah. like we are undersized There, uh-huh. there's no doubt about it right uh-huh. you go 15s are kind of with them. 18s <laughs> that 3 year gap they shoot up like yeah. every, every state has a different uh, skill or Okay. strength right mm-hmm. and ours needs to be ball control Got because it. we're playing against like six eight seven footers from the midwest i don't yes. know what they eat <laughs> yeah. but it's ridiculous and you go in mm-hmm. there and like holy like we have to go up against this guy we yeah. have no there's no middles in Hoy. yes and we're talking about position wise mm-hmm. we have setters like mike mm-hmm. christian Kavika showed Michael show you yep. Michael great mm-hmm. setters mm-hmm. we have outsides that come out taylor crab okay. maybe myself and we we have those positions um, Liberals, obviously. Yes. But we don't really have strong middle blockers or uh-huh. strong... We have strong opposites. I would say Josh Taylor is an amazing player, uh-huh. but middles is our weakness, right? Uh-huh. So we have to make up for that somehow. Got it. Right? De- we're, we're putting on this <laughs> six-foot guy next to a seven-footer trying to block to this block guy. Him, yes. Our defense better be amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. So We better be able to dig that ball. Uh-huh. Uh, going back to me, just... I think I worked on a lot of ball control, just uh-huh. in general, in club volleyball. But it didn't really become one of my strengths. I think receiving and defense came a lot natu- more naturally to me mm-hmm. than hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until my freshman year when I was in the gym every day with, like, Colby Konotake was our, like, yes. three-time All-American libero yes. from UH. And I was in the gym. It was just me and him with a serving machine and just getting better at passing. And if anything, I was going to get on the court, it was going to be for passing. I'm going up against incredible athletes Uh very athletic high jumpers Uh and if i'm gonna get on the court like i'm gonna be the best passer on the team so that's what i did and that's kind of been my strength and my way into even some of the u.s teams that i played for
2: got it yeah and that's something that i guess for everybody right unless you're around the athlete or around sports you don't see all the extra stuff that gives you that edge. 'Cause it's not like you woke up one day and you were like, Oh, I'm an excellent passer. No, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work like that. No, no, no. But just the fact that I mean, yeah, Kobe, you know, I I, I know Kobe as well, yeah. so like just the fact that you guys would put the extra time in. You yeah. would dig extra balls after practice. This is on top of your all, already your practice, right? Yeah. Those are the things, the little things that will make a huge difference. And it has gotten you probably not only on the court at UH, but has gotten you that edge to play professionally. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Before we go into the professional career, so let's talk a little bit about the career at UH. Alright. How how was the well first, what factors, if you don't mind sharing, some of the the things that made you decide, hey, let's go play in front of my hometown at yeah. UH, you know, where we have awesome crowds, <laughs> awesome volleyball IQ and all of this. What was that like? Um
0: Yeah, I'll be honest with yeah, you. Okay. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. All right. So I wasn't an amazing I was like top 50 or whatever you're saying but Mm -hmm. everyone really makes that list and I was not an amazing recruit coming out of high school Mm -hmm. and to be honest there's zero money in volleyball there's four and a half scholarships Mm -hmm. per team and it's like 20 man roster so Mm -hmm. you imagine splitting up four and a half scholarships between 20 people it's you're gonna you're not gonna get a lot of money I definitely had offers from other schools USC Pepperdine Mm -hmm. Irvine Santa Barbara stuff like that but it was more just, we have a, a roster spot for you. We don't have any money for you. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard when tuition is like yeah. sixty, sixty-five thousand <laughs> $65,000. Yes. So I did, uh, me and my dad sat down, we did like a whole breakdown of all the colleges. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's just like, man, I don't, I'd rather take like the $5,000 at UH, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it makes so much more sense to stay at home, cheaper, we still have great coaches. And I was very fortunate that We have a great coaching staff, Charlie Wade. Mm -hmm. Milan Zarkovic came in the same year. Mm -hmm. If anyone knows him, he really changed our program from when he came in, Mm -hmm. so I was really fortunate. Um, But I I don't regret it at all. I -hmm. I love uh, being a UH alumni. I vouch for them all the time. I'm so happy I made the decision because just, you're right, the fans, the atmosphere, the stadium, definitely being honored to have a mural now mm-hmm. in the Stan Sheriff Center is uh, really insane. <laughs> yes. And I definitely wouldn't have had the experience or any of all this uh, without, mm-hmm. without going to UHL. So super fortunate. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Was How was that transition from LH, which is competitive, yeah. but now you're in yeah. MPSF, which is probably one of the most competitive collegiate yeah. conferences. What was that transition like, getting up to speed with the speed of the game you know, your skill set and competing with now yeah. oh, even a higher level of
0: caliber of players. Yeah, it's all about physicality, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, like, 15 to 18, there, there's a jump, definitely. Uh-huh. But 18 to 22, mm-hmm. and even red shirts, 23. Uh-huh. Uh, people going on their missions at BYU, they're 25, <laughs> right? They're <laughs> yeah. starting as a freshman year at 21. Yeah. So the, the whole body, your physicality from 18 to 22 is just insane. So it's mm-hmm. all about getting stronger getting those extra reps in mm-hmm. and uh it's a definitely a way higher level game mm-hmm. 1000 percent
2: from ilh yes um yeah was that transition difficult for you or no not too bad because you were around high quality caliber the whole time um it was, a, it was a transition, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I
0: didn't start my so, my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely came on a lot to help the team out. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was guys just way more physical, hit the ball way harder than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I was going to get on, it was passing. And that, that goes back to what you said, the extra reps. Mm-hmm. And if anyone knows me at UH, I'm, I'm huge on that. Yeah, Because there's so many guys that come to college in general to UH Uh that you know like oh we're in Hawaii like let's go to the beach or (laughs) let's like no you better like you're here you're on more scholarship than me you better be getting in the gym and uh, you better get better bigger faster stronger what Charlie Wade would say so that's a huge thing for me getting those extra reps whether it's with a coach whether it's just with Kobe passing Mm -hmm. and just trying to get as better much better because the jump is very big Mm -hmm.
2: and you have to make up for it yes yeah so uh, off the court stuff off of outside of volleyball skills right what was how did your training and everything else coincide with what you were doing on the volleyball court like was strength training always a big part of you from high school or was it something that you grew into as college (laughs) went along or how did that play out um
0: honestly no one really talks about it in high school really right yeah, i mean yeah. if we're being honest like my mom's a PE teacher mm-hmm. so obviously we're very active i went to other strength performance mm-hmm. but it's only like once or once a week like sundays yeah. or something right because mm-hmm. you're so busy you have club practice like seven to nine at night yeah so you're so busy yeah um it's different once you get to college it's like First day is 6 a.m. weights, Like, it's a whole another level. And then yes. you kind of have this whole football mentality mm-hmm. of, like, we have that whole graduation, graduate program at UH, right, of strength coaches. Mm-hmm. We're circling through every couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really intense, but it's amazing. It's super fun. I miss those, like, 5 a.m. weight days mm-hmm. because that's when, like, that's where all the work is put in, right? Yeah. So it's really interesting. But, no, definitely just in college, even pro, it's not a huge,
1: mm.
2: uh, for everyone yeah yeah so definitely i mean i think that's one of your strong suits is that you are a strong volleyball player like you said you use your size right you use everything um i know for a fact now especially this off season you've been training a lot we've been we'll talk in a minute you know dealing up with some recovery things and taking care of your shoulder making sure that you're ready for the upcoming season Mm -hmm. but now i think the way that I, I've just met you this year, but the way that I see it is that you really take this as your job. This is your full-time job. So training yeah. is part of that. And yeah. training smart is part of that too. So I think that's something that you learn from UH and everything yeah. that has carried over into your professional career. And you're very, very good at taking care of your body and doing all the things to keep you strong. Yeah. yeah. Before we get into that part, we have to ask, I always like to hear some of the stories. What was one of the most memorable... I guess events or games that you had at UH your entire career? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, There's a lot. There's a, there's lot. a lot. That's good. That's um, good if there's a lot. Yeah, it's pretty I – mean, I'm getting chills right now just yeah. thinking about it. But it's, it's an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest one for me was uh, the obvious one is against BYU mm-hmm. in the MPSF and for a lot of people we, we touched on the MPSF how strong it is Yeah, the young kids don't know it nowadays how strong the MPSF was now yeah. it's Big West MPSF there's like two strong teams like uh-huh. everyone was strong especially my like freshman sophomore year uh-huh. like everyone was strong everyone was losing to everyone uh-huh. nowadays it's like couple teams on the top yeah. everyone makes it like no it was competitive <laughs> yeah and you needed to come out every single night and that's why i wanted to be in MPSF because uh-huh. it's so competitive uh-huh. yeah it was definitely an npsf mm-hmm. semi-final match in my senior year uh okay. we we're at long beach we're playing byu in the semis um the winner comes out with a bid right with mm-hmm. a ncaa bid um and we're fired up we lost twice to them at BYU yes. this happened both my, my sophomore year and my senior year we mm-hmm. had to go to BYU to win at least one or two games to become the MPSF mm-hmm. champions mm-hmm. and if you ever watch any games or heard any stories about BYU it's a hard place to play and yeah. it's really irritating that we lost um BYU is the
2: arena with the something so about the win too well you're at a AC high unit elevation unit or something. you're at a high elevation
0: um the fans are I'm serving the fans are like right yes. here they're 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 Mormon <laughs> but they're like grabbing your shirt they're like messing with you you know what yes. I mean so it's a hard place to play just and the, the environment, environment in seems general smaller, the environment mm-hmm. they have just as many or more fans as UH okay and it's such a small gym it's packed mm-hmm. um but anyway we lose to them and we don't become MPS champs which is really frustrating um mm-hmm. uh, for my two out of my four years um so we play them in the semifinals, God. and we're it's heated, and okay. I have like the most energy I've ever had ever, and I'm <laughs> I'm on it's one of my best games ever. Okay, and uh, we're always neck and neck. It's like twenty twenty mm-hmm. every set, mm-hmm. but somehow we get like a couple blocks, like one block here, another block there. They make an error, and we end up winning three in a row. Okay, and then after every block, I'm going crazy, <laughs> and we get I think my middle blocker got a block. But then I went to the stands and started, like, pumping them up. <laughs> yeah. And that's the photo. That's, like, the iconic photo in the Stan Sheriff Center um, that, like, made everything. So that is definitely the highlight because it's just the amount of energy that yes. was in that game. The amount of... We swept them, actually. Yes. yeah. And I made it to the finals. What year was that again? 2017.
2: Your senior year, right? Yeah, my senior year. Yeah. I do remember actually watching yeah. that game. And that seeing, game was... Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. And I think that's the... It doesn't matter what kind of athlete or what sport you're playing, but those are the moments that you like to be yeah. in because that's what brings out the best athlete in you and everything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and I mean, and we
0: showed up for that game. Yes. We definitely showed up. Um, and I'm just so fortunate that someone was there with a the camera right on the stands <laughs> yeah. taking photos of that moment yeah. because that whole mural, that whole photo... Uh-huh. Would have never have happened if someone wasn't there. Yeah. Taking, yes. a, capturing that. That's, and uh, that was an amazing moment. That's crazy to think
2: of. And yeah. I'm sure that you have, like you said, many, many other moments that yeah. you you just will be lasting memories for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely a lot of five setters in the Stan Sheriff Center. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a lot of uh, close games. Yeah. Uh, even against Michael. we won in five yes. against him in the Stan Sheriff Center. <laughs> on, you said a back one on game point for us. Okay. And Taylor Averill, like our one of our top middles ever, committed yep. on it. And what's amazing about this, uh uh-huh. We made the little backstory. So Spencer McLaughlin's our assistant coach, and uh, he's doing all the scouting reports. He's like, Micah Christian loves to set back ones. If anyone yeah. knows a back one, it's a back yeah. set to the middle blocker yes. when he's pushed on this side of the net.
1: Yes.
0: And that's exactly what happened on our game point of yeah. the fifth set. Yeah. Micah did it. Our middle blocker taylor able committed on him and yeah. we won the game and it was incredible i still remember that one that was incredible yes not saying michael like, made a bad decision but it was yeah. just an amazing five set this five set thriller yes. yeah that was amazing
2: and that's where it gets so technical at that level yeah. i think people don't realize how much of a chess match it is yeah just as much as it is physical to execute yeah. and everything so to give a little backstory i mean i, I just know through you right but uh michael michael christensen's your cousin yeah right your first cousin right yeah our moms or sisters yes yeah, so yeah. you guys have grew up together and everything yeah. and hang out a lot and everything yeah. so during those games that you guys are on the opposite side of the net how does that play out in the game and leading up to the game um are there a lot of are you guys communicating a lot no no no, no is there a lot of trash talk no what? definitely <laughs> um
0: well first of all he's two years older than me mm-hmm. Um, and definitely two years isn't a lot uh-huh. but when you're in middle school when you're in high school mm-hmm. it is a lot yep. right if anyone mm-hmm. has siblings because mm-hmm. now we went to different high schools too mm-hmm. it would have been different if we went to the same high school We would yes. but in high school and stuff we didn't see each other as much as mm-hmm. when we were like really young
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, if anything knows if anyone knows anything about Micah yeah. you do not talk trash to this guy <laughs> because <laughs> he will turn it on yeah. so some of my teammates I'd be like start trying like, dude, you very, <laughs> be quiet right now because, he will flip another switch. Yeah. So no, I definitely am not talking. to my uh, I definitely guarded him in basketball. Uh-huh. Uh When I was like a sophomore and he was a senior, mm-hmm. um, and I was giving him like some yeah. elbows, but he was, yeah, yeah, really good. He's a great player, man. He's yes. awesome. Very good. Uh, that
2: that probably helps you you out a lot too, dude. Just understand what he's like as a player, even yeah. though you guys are playing on opposite sides of the net, because yeah. you can tell your your teammates that don't know him as well, hey, yeah. you better turn it down before this, yeah. this turns around really quick on us. Yeah, so oh, that's we want to beat each
0: other. We're really competitive, yeah. but I mean, he's two years older than me. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. He's amazing, but no, definitely there were some moments where some of my chip, more chippier teammates started to <laughs> chirp
2: when uh-huh. we were up or something like that we might want to
0: not do that
2: (laughs) yeah yeah so oh that's interesting that's that's funny to hear some of the behind the scenes of what's going on on the court you know everything like that so i guess the other side the flip the flip side of this question is you know obviously you had many memorable moments but what were some of the harder times that you probably learned the most through yeah. your UH career. Yeah, Are yeah. there any that stick out for you? Yeah,
0: there's definitely mm-hmm. two. Um, my freshman year and mm-hmm. my junior year were definitely the hardest. My freshman mm-hmm. year coming in, we didn't make playoffs. It was just a tough team. We had in Milan coming in from Serbia. Mm-hmm. He has this whole new philosophy. Older guys kind of set in their ways. Um, it was just kind of a conflict, you know, of like okay. well, how we're going to do this. We kind of had an old way of running things and kind of a new mm-hmm. clashing together mm-hmm. in practice, um, younger guys just want to buy in. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm very intense. And I still remember sometimes I was sitting down with like a teammate, like we just had a horrible practice mm-hmm. and one guy got kicked out of practice mm-hmm. and I'm just furious at dinner and mm-hmm. I'm a freshman. I mm-hmm. don't have much say, but I'm like, no, we're going to change this. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, like, trust me, I've been here. Nothing's gonna change. Like, no, I'm gonna. I have four <laughs> years here. I'm gonna change it. Yeah. So that was a huge thing for me, changing the culture uh-huh. over my four years. Like, my freshman year, like no one came to open gyms in mm-hmm. the off season. Mm-hmm. Everyone's at the beach. No one was taking school as seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to turn this around if mm-hmm. we're gonna if we're gonna have any success. Mm-hmm. So that was really hard and definitely battling, trying to start because mm-hmm. I was kind of knocking on the door. I wasn't as physical as the other outside hitters
1: mm-hmm.
0: but when I was in like we we would win games mm-hmm. because of my because I brought like steadiness and passing but mm-hmm. in Hawaii it's kind of a weird culture in Hawaii when you play because mm-hmm. when you play no one really celebrates and you want to kind of you want to kind of like let your play do the talking and if you get a kill like no one really celebrates too much okay. I kind of grew up like that like Like, I'm supposed to kill every ball, kind of. You know, and kind of, like, I want to be humble. We Mm. live in, like, kind of a more Asian culture, (laughs) right? You don't want to be disrespectful as well. Uh And, uh, kind of my coach kept saying, like, you need you don't have the presence Mm. that, the court presence that this other guy has. Mm. And, like, even though I'm doing, our team plays, like, kind of better when I'm on the court, I Mm. don't have that court presence. Mm. For the longest time, like, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) Right? Like, what does court presence mean? Uh And, uh... And that totally shift, right? Yeah. Because now I have the mural in the stand, right? <laughs> yes. Because my freshman year, yes. I would never celebrate like that. Yeah. Never ever. I would never have this court presence uh-huh. of this confidence, mm-hmm. this like energetic, bringing like hyping up the team, using my mm-hmm. energy to yes. better my teammates. That mm-hmm. whole philosophy. Yeah. So that was a whole thing I had to learn and grow up. Okay. Definitely my freshman year. My sophomore, year, my junior year uh-huh. was another hard time. Just shortly, sorry because. Oh, no. Uh, my sophomore year we made NCAA okay. semi, semi uh quarterfinals. we okay. lost in the playing game against Penn State <laughs> okay. but we had 11 seniors okay. so it was a very veteran team mm-hmm. very gritty team and hard working team yes. and now I'm a junior uh-huh. with Colby Siki yes. as seniors I think there was one more senior okay. and like, we are the new leaders none of us were captains or leaders before mm-hmm. that year and now we're in the leadership role, mm-hmm. all of us new, and we have to teach 11 new freshmen.
2: Yeah,
0: And obviously, I told you, right, they're young. They want to mm-hmm. go to the beach. Yeah. And there's a lot of clashing about how mm-hmm. l- we should lead the team as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a, I'm a great guy. I want to get in the gym, and mm-hmm. I think everyone should be doing that too. Other guys want to bond off the court as well, mm-hmm. and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we just we didn't have the talent but mm. that year but it was a very tough year yeah. especially coming off such an amazing sophomore year yes to have to no one's a born a leader mm-hmm. you have to grow yeah. and uh become a leader mm-hmm. so that was also something that i needed to learn as yeah. well
2: yeah that has probably played played great dividends even now in yeah. your professional career like yeah. how to actually bring that Energy and everything to not only yeah. not only to your game, but to your teammates and kind of elevate everyone around you too. So yeah. that's interesting to hear. But every everyone has to go through these struggles, right? Yeah, I, I think that's that's honestly what makes you better or gets you to grow into certain yeah, grow on, the team. on yeah. and off
0: the court. I mean, yes. as well, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, life
2: lessons. So I mean, that's it's awesome to hear your storied career and everything at UH. And, yeah, and I'm sure there's so many more memories that. We could make a whole podcast series, but... Yeah, you know. I know. Sorry. I <laughs> no, no, it's stories. Good. This is good to hear. I think this is the, the stories to hear some of your experiences. And yeah. everyone's going to have their own unique journey, but there's a lot of things that people can listen into and take take the good things and try to see how it helps them out as they yeah. go through whatever level, high school yeah, volleyball, exactly. college volleyball, professional volleyball. But it's, it's very great to see a local product have that success at UH... And, you know, the outcome of that is, I mean, not only you had a tremendous career, but after that, this is where you can educate myself, but also all the listeners. This is where I was asking you this whole summer. I don't understand anything about how professional volleyball overseas works. I mean, I I understand the game. I just don't understand. Okay, how do you get picked up? How do you get drafted? Do you have an agent? (laughs) You know, all these kind of things. So what was it like from your senior year at UH did you know that you were going to get offers to play professionally? Or how did that play out?
0: Um, yeah, it was all new to me, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, I never... There's a lot of guys that grew up watching professional volleyball. Mm-hmm. And for all the viewers, like, it's huge. Mm-hmm. In Europe, like, uh-huh. anywhere but America, really, it's massive. Uh-huh. Like, it is, like, the second or third biggest sport in mm-hmm. Europe, Asia. And uh, there's pro leagues literally in, like, every country. Mm-hmm. So that was something that... Also, I didn't really know at the time. Uh-huh. Um... And you need help, right? You need yes. help. Um, obviously Milan Zarkovic is an amazing contact, okay. an amazing friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from Serbia. He has really good connections because he coached mm-hmm. the junior national team uh, okay. in Serbia. So he knows that whole kind of community. Okay. Um, so he, I was very fortunate to have him and he helped me out. Um, it happened really fast. Okay, I, It wasn't as stressful for me A lot of guys, it's different because Uh you have to find an agent. Like, there's so many leagues, so many teams, so many different languages. Uh You you need an agent (laughs) to, like, know anything and to get in, basically. Mm -hmm. And I was very fortunate because Milan had uh, Mm -hmm. contacts. Mm -hmm. A lot of people came to see the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were fortunate to be in the semifinals. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we lost that night against Ohio State. We had an amazing run. We were plagued with injuries. Hmm. Uh, Both of our middles had one had a broken ankle that he's playing on, and another one had a sprained ankle. Hmm. And uh, so I ended up losing. I end up meeting an agent from Italy that night in the locker room, along with uh, another teammate of mine. Uh And I signed that night. Oh, he found an Italian team uh, in like a month or two, and it's like Italy's like. One of the top leagues in leagues in the world. We have to take this. Okay. So I didn't really look at any other offers for mm-hmm. other teams. I just I signed right away for two years. Oh. In yeah. Sora. Um. So very fortunate to have yes. those kind of connections, and because it doesn't happen that easy uh-huh. for everyone. But definitely wanting an agent. Definitely getting an agent. Looking at teams. Uh. Looking at the towns, the lifestyle, mm-hmm. coaches, and trying to pick out the best fit for you definitely yes. is what you need to do if you want to play professional volleyball yes yeah
2: so that's interesting like i didn't realize that almost every country has their own league you know yeah. that's something that you told me about it's pretty crazy and i mean for the most part majority of these are pretty competitive yeah yeah um i know italy mm-hmm. I've, I've only played in italy so i can okay. only speak
0: from personal experience, but mm. definitely Italy, Poland, Russia, top mm. leagues. Germany and France are very good leagues as yeah. well. Mm. Um, but there's leagues Belgium, Denmark, Finland, mm. Portugal, Spain, everywhere. Yeah. So, like, not all of them are as wealthy as the other. Uh-huh. But uh, but there's leagues everywhere, and mm. everyone can play. I have friends in <laughs> multiple different countries. Yeah. So it's really cool. Yes.
2: Yeah. So after after you signed and everything what was that transition like and for most listeners even i i kind of didn't know exactly the season is when to when overseas you
0: get there kind of august but it's probably september to may
2: may yeah
0: seven or eight months the last month is usually playoffs Mm -hmm. and there's even a champions league so like the top three two or three teams from each league are Mm -hmm. in the champions league and you travel to each country other oh, okay. countries to play them as well, and okay. and to win like a Champions League kind of like it. soccer, got it. as well. So it's pretty very competitive. So
2: yeah, it's a super long season. Yeah. How, about how many games are you guys playing in a season? Regular season.
0: Um, for us, I think there's only. fifty to like fourteen teams? Okay. So we're thirteen. So we play twenty-six games. Okay. Thirteen. Twice. Yeah, we play at their gym, then our gym. But okay. it's not like high school. We play only once a week. Oh, got it, got it. On Sundays, but if you're in Champions League, mm-hmm. I was never in it, but mm-hmm. like my cousin, you're mm-hmm. playing sometimes twice a week. Got it. And traveling to different countries. Got it. So got that's it. a little more harder schedule uh-huh. for sure.
2: That's interesting. So, but that's a great experience. It's not as it's not as compact like how college is. You know, you're no. playing three, four game series we every school. weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't have school, and I mean now you got to see like okay, full time. I'm dedicating all my time to volleyball mm-hmm. and stuff. Just give us a little bit feel of what that the transition daily life, was like uh, and yeah what what it was like to to get used to I guess playing volleyball professionally so it's it's different uh-huh. like the lifestyle
0: is different mm-hmm. um, coaching philosophies are different right mm-hmm. also there's a language barrier yeah so sometimes I'm not perfect in my Italian but you need to try and communicate as well with your teammates uh-huh. and your coaches most people speak English okay um But for me, my daily lifestyle is like weights twice a week or morning practice from like nine or 10 for like an hour and a half. Okay. And then we have the whole day and then practice at like six. So for us it's six, other teams like maybe four Mm -hmm. um, normal time, which I would like more. But in Italy, they have like siesta. And their mm-hmm. lunches are like two, and their dinners are like eight. Oh, so okay. it's a that's adjustment too. Yeah. So you have a lot of free time, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of a trying to find out to be productive when you're not playing volleyball because mm-hmm. you need something to take your mind off. Yeah. Volleyball, you can't always be thinking about volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have enough free time to like go travel the country, yeah. Yeah. right? So everyone be like, "Oh, have you visited this?" thing like, no, I don't have <laughs> yeah. time to do that. Yeah. So. It's definitely an adjustment. Just mm-hmm. obviously for me. I never, I live mm-hmm. on my own, but I never lived away from home. Mm-hmm. And different city, different language, different mm-hmm. culture, different everything. And Ensara so is a small town, like twenty thousand mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of people speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely a change, definitely yeah. an adjustment for me, yeah. and just something to get used to. Mm-hmm. And uh, volleyball-wise, it's important. anyone's going over pro to every first everyone's first year is gonna be hard Mm -hmm. like it's just it's gonna it's hard Mm -hmm. it's an adjustment right yes it's an adjustment and especially if you're in a smaller team because winning solves everything yeah for being honest you know and money wins Uh in these leagues Mm -hmm. but it's just about what's different than college and what I love about college is that it's a team. It's all mm-hmm. about the purity, like, mm-hmm. having a team and being together. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, college, in pro, like, you're getting paid. There's money involved. Mm-hmm. So you need to do your job. Yes. And what you're being paid for needs mm-hmm. to be – you need to be doing that. Yeah. So it's a little more – like, I need to focus on myself more. I need yeah. to do what's in my control.
1: Yeah.
0: I need to make sure I go in to get these extra reps mm-hmm. because I need that to perform in these practices and these yes. games. Yes. So it's a lot about stuff that you learn in college that, like, I need to do these strength exercises that I learned in college mm-hmm. or these flexibility exercises that really help me mm-hmm. or do these extra reps that really help me in practice yeah. because I need to be able to perform Yes. to get paid. Yes.
2: So it's a different aspect yes. of the game. And unfortunately, that's the that's the side that most fans i guess don't take into consideration yeah any professional sport it's truly a business now you have a job they're investing in you you know there's certain expectations and you have to do all of the things to make sure that you can perform at that high level yeah and i think for you it's it's good that you had all these experiences to kind of prepare you in that fashion to be able to troubleshoot things and get ready and prep and everything for games um also that, like you said, the language barrier and just learning the new culture and all of these kind of things. Yeah. One of the questions that I had is, how many foreigners are actually on your team or typically on the team?
0: Uh, usually we have a team roster of like 13 or okay. 14 and half are foreigners. Got it. Italy's a little different mm-hmm. because we have an Italian rule that three Italians need to be on the court at all times. Okay. So you need to have... A lot of Italians on each team, which is smart for the league. Yes. Right, but not all leagues have that. So our team is like half foreigners. Right? Exactly. So I had teammates from like Serbia, Bulgaria, Brazil, Colombia, mm-hmm. um, obviously Italy and yeah. France, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah. How Holy how does that play on the on the court? I mean, obviously you have to communicate just yeah. enough, but has that been something that you're thinking? I'm not only focusing on volleyball now but I gotta focus on communicating to my teammate that doesn't speak English yeah I mean every
0: oh yeah it's hard (laughs) because everyone normally speaks English but there's always like my first year my liberal didn't know a lick of English (laughs) and I didn't know a lick of Italian Yeah, so I would say something like I try to see something in Italian But then he's he, Like you know It's just yeah. a lack of Communication Yeah So it's very important My setter Wasn't the best at English mm-hmm. My second year mm-hmm. But man You just figure it out In volleyball You mm-hmm. kind of pick up The volleyball terms yeah. Easier Because gotcha. you, you're saying it All the time mm-hmm. um, So that's important yeah. But then it's cool Because Well two things are cool One Everyone's like Speaking in their own language Like they'll make a mistake And they're like cursing In like their language okay. So that's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool Yeah The second part is like We've only grown up in America Right, We've only played volleyball in America our whole life, mm-hmm. and we've only seen one style of volleyball. Mm-hmm. And America, America's style is very powerful, but very technical as well. But other, others are very different. Like I had Brazilian players, and there's a lot more finesse in their oh, game, okay. a lot more power, a lot more using the block, a lot more uh, of all this stuff, right? Yeah. A lot more technical. Mm. And then other guys are a lot more powerful. Our Serbian opposite was the leading scorer in the league for two years and just watching him work Mm -hmm. but then everyone has a different style so that's kind of cool because you can implement that in your game like Mm -hmm. oh i like that i could Mm -hmm. use that so that's also really interesting yeah as well because you're not exposed to that in america yes that's true
2: and that's one of the things that you can't nothing can prep you for that you just got to be put in those situations Yeah, Yeah. yeah so I I know there's so many things that we could talk about, but yes. I just want to know this is this is excellent. I'm enjoying this. I need and a part I think, two or something. Yeah, we need a part two after after your season or whatever yeah. it is. So, your your uh, first year, you said there was a transition. From what I understand, your second year, that's when you really had a good season, or you started yeah. to get in the groove of things. So, what were some of the the big moments? I guess playing professionally and some of the memorable or best times that you've experience on the court
0: um and there's a lot because yep. we i ended up fighting my way into the starting role again okay. um so that was a battle because mm-hmm. I, I was on the I was starting off the bench mm-hmm. and uh i think it's very important to learn and practice coming off the bench because it's hard because you need to be warm yeah you need to be ready and that, that's very important if you want to win the role mm-hmm. um and like one of our first road trips mm-hmm. played monza and I came in after we were losing. I think we won the first, lost the second. I came in, and uh, we won the next two. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge upset. Because if, if you know anything about professional volleyball, it's not like NBA, not like NFL. There's no mm-hmm. salary cap. There's no, like, even playing field. Mm-hmm. Which is hard to adjust to. Okay. Because there's guys, there's teams spending, like, yeah. millions of more dollars mm-hmm. on players than mm-hmm. you are. So we're a very bottom team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was lucky to be in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're upsetting like teams that you're not supposed to, Yes. like that's an amazing feeling. No really? one really s- gets yep. that. I'll post on my story. Like, <laughs> But like no one understands, like we're not supposed to win these games. Yeah. So we had at least three or four uh, like great upsets. Okay. And uh, we almost made it into playoffs. We we're like mm-hmm. a couple games short to playoffs, which have been like,
2: like a huge upset. Oh huge, yeah, yeah. A like, huge
0: shock to everyone. Yes. Um, we were a couple games out, but we, we didn't have enough wins or enough points to mm-hmm. get in. So those games were amazing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I think that that kind of goes back to when you were playing at UH too. You know, just yeah. bringing that energy and then getting in those moments where you you're the game's on the line and you want to perform and everything. Yeah, yeah. So we won't get into it too much, but then you have been, you know, I think playing volleyball as long as you have, there are going to be some injuries here and there. There are going to be things that you have to tune up. Yeah. So briefly mention about what that experience has been like, what you've been kind of basically dealing with and then what we've been working on, but also how this is going to pan out when you go back to volleyball, being yeah. smart and taking care of your body and everything.
0: Yeah, from the, from the start or from just so, this one injury I have?
2: Or whatever you want to share. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: think I think what's important is um, taking care of your body when you're younger. Yes. Um, there's going to be injuries that are that are going to come up and you can't help it but there are a lot that you Mm can't and that's not a lot of people teach that in high school Mm -hmm. and what's very important and what's huge for me now is stretching Mm -hmm. and if anyone like i stretch every morning every night just a few stretches Mm -hmm. for my for my legs and for my shoulder now Mm -hmm. um and that's helped me a lot because my sophomore year Mm -hmm. i started getting really bad knee pains Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like Osgoose yep. I and mean, They say it's growing pains, but I don't know if I was still growing. But right below my knee, yep. I started getting really sharp pains. And they say my patella tendon was pulling on it because my mm-hmm. quads were too tight. Yes. So we trained a lot with ARP. And they just said, you need to stretch a mm-hmm. lot more. Mm-hmm. And so right then and there, I started doing these deep quad stretches mm-hmm. every morning, every night, yep. and also ice bath and ARP. Mm-hmm. But now I still do those stretches, yep. so I don't have these pains anymore yep. because those are really helpful. And that's something i try to tell people but they don't really understand like if you're you obviously know but (laughs) for me it's different because guys don't want to stretch like Mm -hmm. right yeah but if especially when you're younger you can play all day every day and you'll be fine (laughs) yeah so that's different but Mm -hmm. if you have a soreness or a -hmm. tight muscle you should be stretching more than you're using it Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. so if you're just stretching before and after practice yeah that's not enough if it's still sore so you need to be doing more of that uh-huh. and that's huge for me and taking care of your body mm-hmm. obviously the ankles now I tape my ankles I'm like the only one that tapes my ankles over my pro team mm-hmm. just because I don't want to yeah. take a week off and the yes. technology is not as good as America and mm-hmm. America I wouldn't be coming come back as fast mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, now this injury is a little different yes we talked a little about it but mm-hmm. tore my I have a slap tear on my shoulder uh-huh. Um, and just that whole experience uh-huh. of going to see Khan, which is yeah. which is amazing because he's a great doctor. And, uh-huh. Uh Him saying you don't need surgery, you can uh-huh. play around it and learn uh-huh. around it, which is a cool thing, but also weird, right? Yes. To learn and to to learn around that, mm-hmm. and it was amazing to go to you guys at Pro mm-hmm. because I really love you guys' philosophy and you guys what you guys do there. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm super fortunate to have you guys helping me with my shoulder, trying to strengthen it, uh-huh. trying to get back and just kind of, it's amazing to see how it's working, Yes, you yes. know, because I play volleyball now and mm-hmm. it's getting better Yeah, and we're still getting to a hundred percent, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: like four months ago, <laughs> like the ball is too heavy for me. Right. Like <laughs> yes. I couldn't swing. Yes. Yes. So that's a whole nother thing too, because you can't help it. Right. Mm-hmm. Stuff's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but it's just more, I don't want to go out like this, mm-hmm. right? I always said, like, when my body gives up, it'll give up. I'll stop. <laughs> but no, I was like, I don't want to go out like this. Yes. You know?
2: And that's a good message because I think, obviously, when you're younger, you're way more resilient. You recover faster. Yeah. You, you get by without doing some of these, you know, managing mobility, strength, recovery, all of that. Yeah. You can get by with it. But if you practice those techniques and you know just learn how to take care of your body when you're younger yeah for every single athlete that i see myself included yeah i mean just physically being active right your active career is gonna lengthen out that much more yeah yeah and i think that's what you're alluding to is like yeah you have to do these things now to make sure that you are operating you Mm -hmm. know as best as you can you're performing well but you're also alleviating any of the overuse types of things from swinging jumping all the time yeah you're taking care of your body in ways that maybe you can't get around so much or get by without uh this much in your in your career Mm -hmm. and a lot of times like unfortunately i think a lot of these things if we just focus on them it won't get to the point where like, oh, my body can't perform any anymore and I'm forced to retire. It's more like, yeah. no, I'm trying everything that I can in my power, what yeah. I can control to keep performing at that optimal level. And hopefully have a lot longer, more enjoyable career to down the line. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, all of that, you're putting in all of the work, the stretching, mobility and things like that. But if you take care of your body and all of this, I think you're seeing that, yeah, a lot of times when we're addressing the movement kind of, making sure that your shoulders stay strong not only in life but for the demands of your activities yeah. those are the key things so yeah and that's huge for me because you know you see guys i mean college has
0: definitely helped the most right because I'm pro i can use what i learned in college uh-huh. to help me right but in college you have to learn that and for a lot of guys to come into practice and be like oh, i'm not 100 percent my legs are tight yeah. Uh And it's like, all of our legs are tight, but (laughs) you better go stretch your leg out before, like an hour before practice, if you need more time to stretch. So we'll be in practice and we're like, oh, can we do like a more hamstring stretches before (laughs) practice? Like, no, only you need that. Go in the training room and everyone has... Everyone's different. So everyone uh-huh. needs to warm up their shoulder Yeah. Some people need to warm up their shoulder more. Some people need to warm up their knees more. Some yes. people need to get their ankles taped. Yes. So you have your responsibility yeah. to prepare yourself for practice. Yes. And that's where the professional side of it comes in because yeah. you can't just show up to practice and be like, oh, I'm not feeling good today. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, you need to perform today. Yes. Especially because you won't get paid yes, if exactly. we're a pro. So that's the whole professional side of it as well. Yes. Because then it's not for you if you're just going to like, Yeah, I'll take this day off,
1: right? Yes, you
2: can't do that. Exactly. I think I've said this to, I I forget who, or I don't know if I said it on a podcast, but it's like anyone's job, right? Yeah. If you take the same mindset, whatever your profession is, you can't just show up to work unprepared, right? That's what it is, unprepared. And then all of a sudden like, oh, I I can't do the job now because I didn't prepare. That just doesn't fly well. You're not going to have that job very long. Same thing with professional sports is exactly what you're saying is that you need to do all the things individually for you yeah um, I think the other thing that you do a great job of is that for your shoulder and dealing with the shoulder injury kind of rehabbing you back you're mm-hmm. realizing that there's certain things that I need to focus on individually so you're yeah. understanding your body a lot more in depth yeah that really helps to make sure that you're warm, warming up right make sure that you're recovering make sure that you're doing all the right things so that yeah. you can you know practice take those extra reps get yeah. better and perform eventually too yeah
0: I don't stretch morning and night to make me feel better. I stretch it so I can perform the next day, right? Yes. Because if I stop, then something might tighten up. Yes. And then I might miss practice. And then I yes. might not play in the game. And then I might not get paid. So <laughs> yeah. it's all part of being professional. And yes. Some guys get it. Some guys don't. Some mm-hmm. guys need to learn it. So mm-hmm. that's important. Very important.
2: Definitely important. Yeah. And for you, I think you also have learned a lot through this process. Because, yeah. you know... If for anybody that goes through an injury, I always say this, it's way more than just physical. Yeah. Like the physical part that is that's gonna get taken care of regardless of what you do. Yeah. But then are you gonna be able to come back mentally, emotionally, you know, even everything that everything else that you gotta do, right? Reintegrate back into actually scrimmaging now, playing with other players, doing all of these kind of things. So is there anything that you wanna touch on with all of the other I guess other aspects or intangibles that people don't talk about when you have a physical injury. Well, I think you're right, it's
0: very important,
2: right? There's more <laughs> stuff. And I, let's be honest, right? <laughs> yes, like there's yeah.
0: how many times have I come into <laughs> the training room and be like, Yes, man, it's not working, or like it's not where I want it to be, right? Yes. Or like why is it, why am I not there yet? Yes, or like yes. we're like, will it ever get better? Yes, yes. And uh, you're kinda of just like, just be patient, like it'll be it'll get better. <laughs> like that's all I need. Like I need yeah. But can you do it alone? Probably mm-hmm. not. Like mm-hmm. you need You need to get help and you need to find the right people to help you, Mm -hmm. which is, I'm very lucky to have Mm -hmm. you guys and your knowledge. And, um, Uh that's, that's, that's the big thing because Uh no one wants to talk about mental toughness or mental health and all that Uh stuff, but it happens. Like you're going to question it you're going to question if you can come back, but then are you just going to push through it or are you going to roll over and just stop playing, you know? So that's a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, We'd be lying if I said, I was like, no, that's never happened to me.
2: But, right,
0: of course it it happens, of course. Yeah, you can doubt yourself, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm also amazing myself as well. Yes. And it's definitely going to make me stronger going Mm -hmm. through this or any injury. Yes. Coming out stronger, so Mm -hmm. uh, it's worth it.
2: Yeah. It's definitely worth it. We're definitely excited to see all the great things that you're going to do because I still think you have a lot of a lot of time left in your career And you yeah. still have a lot more to accomplish So it's great to just see you getting back To all of the things that you love to do Also, it's fun for me to work with people like you Because, you know, it's, it, it's a team approach, right? Yeah. Everyone has to try to make everything work So that we keep progressing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of me listening, getting your feedback You know, even, I think for a lot of practitioners We oftentimes forget, like, just to check in with you because I check in with you probably just as much as you check in with me yeah. and just seeing, OK, what's going on? Because if something's not responding like how I anticipate it to respond or, you know, all of those kind yeah. of things, we're adjusting things on the fly. And again, this is just to help you continue to progress and get back to, you know, playing at that level that you need to play at. You know? Yeah.
0: But I think it's important because, well, you know, but like I'm feeling it. Yes. So if I'm not communicating with you yes. on how I feel, I bet that's very frustrating for you, right? <laughs> yeah. And maybe sometimes I'm talking a little too much about what I'm feeling at times. No, but, that's good, though. Yeah. But you need to talk, and that's something you learn. Like, mm-hmm. not every knee injury is the same. Not every yes. shoulder injury is the same. Mm-hmm. So when I see guys, like, just want, like, the generic treatment, yeah, it's going to be hard for the you guys <laughs> to know what's wrong, right? Yes. So I think communication is very important yes. in that as well. So. Yeah, that's yeah. I think it's, that's very
2: it's, important. It's big for any any type of thing, Anything, but especially yeah. when it comes to injury, because like, what are you a feeling? Of, ah, a of, it's
0: kind of sore. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I yes. don't know where the pain is. <laughs> yes,
2: then it's you know we're we're like it's a just a blind like <laughs> goose chase at that point, and you're trying to figure out okay what's going on, how to address this. But yeah. I think that's something that you take very seriously, being a professional athlete and everything. Yeah. And yeah, I, I like to see all the great improvements. No, this is it's it's interesting to see hear your experiences your stories and everything and we'll start to wrap it up pretty soon but one thing that we didn't mention about your UH career which I thought was interesting too was that so on the volleyball court obviously you're an excellent athlete but yeah. off the court in school and stuff I didn't know but this is interesting because you're a civil engineering major right yeah and balancing even I asked you this in the beginning how did you manage to major in civil engineering? And be a student athlete at the same time, and obviously that shows your level of dedication and commitment to doing certain things. Yeah. But how has that kind of, I guess, your academic side, how has that helped you in volleyball?
0: Well, we we talked about it, like it's yeah. it's it's definitely hard. I don't know if I would have had a better career. At UH, if I had an easier major, I I think about that all the time. Uh Because there was times where I had to miss practice. There was like, I have to take this class to graduate, but it's right in practice. So Mm -hmm. sometimes in the week, I I couldn't be at practice. Mm -hmm. But then I have to manage my time well and go in Mm -hmm. earlier with a coach Mm -hmm. and get my reps in Mm -hmm. and stuff like that to stay in shape. So it's all about time management, um, which has definitely helped me being a professional athlete. Um, Managing my time well. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to take lunch breaks. I never really took a lunch break. Mm -hmm. I just, like, want to get extra reps Mm -hmm. or do something, like go in the training room or something Mm -hmm. to help me Mm -hmm. Um, or studying. Mm -hmm. Like, you never really just, like, sit down and have a lunch break, you know. Sometimes you have to relax, obviously, but you need to, like, manage your time very well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely take a lot of pride in being, like, a civil engineer. Um, And that was also something I wanted to do, like, my parents are help paying for college I'm not just going to go out mm-hmm. with like a like an easier major mm-hmm. um, I wanted to get something that I enjoyed and something that interests me and mm-hmm. something that can help me in the future yes. so uh, I will take a lot of pride in, in that as well yeah, mm-hmm. to be a civil engineer because yes. it wasn't there was a lot of long nights.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's not law
0: school or anything but
2: I, I can imagine. Yeah. And I, I think those are things that will help you even after volleyball, you know, is done yeah. and everything. You'll have something that you enjoy and I know that you'll find something that you you really want to pursue pursue in the next chapter of your life and everything. Yeah. Before we end the episode and everything, I always ask for you know, things that you wanna to share to the upcoming generation. It can be two volleyball players or just athletes in general, but Things that maybe you would have liked to know know When you were a high school athlete Or growing up But is there anything that You would like to pass on to the younger generation And as you're thinking about this I'll preface it by saying that You do clinics You do some coaching (laughs) on the side I think we share a lot of overlap With some of those experiences But anyway Is there anything that you would like to pass on To the younger generation Um, Just anything with sports, life anything
0: in general? Um, yeah, I think something that I would... Well, one, I think finding your passion mm-hmm. is something hard to do, mm-hmm. but if you're passionate about it, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll drive you, and that's it makes it a lot easier because it's definitely what drove me mm-hmm. to get all that extra time in and work mm-hmm. all that extra sweat, right, to uh-huh. put into it. Um, but something I wish I knew sooner... I definitely wish I played volleyball sooner. <laughs> I definitely... I definitely wish I hit the weight room sooner in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, your body's still growing, and it's mm-hmm. not really a thing yet. You don't really have coaches in high school, strength coaches in high school compared to college, right? Mm-hmm. They give you programs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one thing I wish I did was all those extra reps I got in college, mm-hmm. like with Colby or with my coach, mm-hmm. Milan Zarkovich, um, just all that one-on-one stuff. I wish I did that more. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, you don't have the resources as much in high school, mm-hmm. but definitely putting in that extra work, putting in that little extra work, will put you above your your yeah. classmates and will put you above your competition, right? Because yeah. if they're not working, mm-hmm. and you're working, you're gonna it's all exponential growth, right? Yes. So yeah. that's something that has always been huge for me. But I've never had the resources mm-hmm. because I've always felt behind, and that's what drove me mm-hmm. to get that extra reps to try and catch up and overtake. Especially some of my classmates, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So that's something I wish I did when I was was younger too, Yeah. for sure.
2: And this will help anybody because obviously you have to have a good balance, right, with everything. Like you don't want to start too early or do too much and burn out because then you lose that passion like what you're talking about. So you want to have that balance. But for a lot of the athletes that are serious about it, you know, it's doing all of these little things and you can't, it's like, I would compare for cramming a, for a test, right? Yeah. You can't possibly cram everything in one night no. unless you have like photographic memory or something but and expect to do well. Yeah. But if you do it over a long period of time, I think you'll retain more, you'll get better at everything. So yeah. if you spread that out over your entire high school career, mm-hmm. the growth, like you said, will be exponential. Instead of yeah. like, oh no, I'm a junior or I'm a senior. Like now I'm, I think I want to go all in. And yeah. then before you know it, it doesn't become that productive. It becomes yeah. counterproductive, maybe injuries or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, yeah and it's all about the 10,000 hours, right? Like, yeah. you want to perfect the skill, you have to put in the time. And if you start sooner, then you can perfect it yes. sooner. But that's, that's the whole thing I loved about going to UH and having Milan Zarkovic as our coach yeah. because he's so passionate, he's so energetic. But he made all of these drills into games. Mm. And so every time we go on one-on-one, it'd be like a game, even against him, and he would kick my butt every single day in these little mini-games, but they would really like hone in on my ball control, or my passing, or or my defense, or my attacking, uh-huh. So and it makes it fun, because it's competition, yes. right? And we talked a lot about guys different than girls, and all that stuff, coaching, but anyways, that's what I love to do, and that's what I love to do with clinics and stuff, like you don't want to get burned out like you say you want to keep it fun you want to have a passion Mm -hmm. and have that what drives you competition volleyball whatever it is and use it because that will make you better because if you're just going through the motions and just showing up to practice you're not
2: going to get better yes
0: so that's
2: something you got to do
0: things with intent.
2: yeah (laughs) the last thing that i want to end on um well a couple things i learned a lot from every single one of you athletes i mean that's why i became an athletic trainer you know it's fun you always keep me on my toes and everything but the one thing you you said this earlier in the episode is that you're very competitive yeah so one We're of the things that. that was interesting conversation when we first had the shutdown in Hawaii. yeah yeah i haven't heard so many <laughs> stories about being competitive with pickleball uno spike ball but you you had some of these great um Stories that you were competing with your cousins, your family, and yeah. everything. And again, that kind of brings that point home that, you know, finding other ways to learn the skills, like how you said, learn it in other games with your coach, right? Yeah. Find ways that interest you and make you want to compete, but also it's productive at the same time. So we're just not doing mindless things, yeah, right? Yeah. And all of that. And then the last thing that I want to say about that is that you, it's interesting because you said that in italy right you have to find ways to utilize your downtime and everything yeah and we've talked about this off outside of this episode but you read a lot of books or find interesting some of these shows you pull a lot of things out of these shows that pertain to life or pertain to how you succeed in volleyball yeah and a lot of the the mental aspect in books or how to actually train your body smarter all of these kind of things so Mm -hmm well i know you have tons of things that you've you've told me hey take a look at this and stuff and i definitely want to but is there one thing from either a quote or a book or something that you've gotten in the last year that you're like hey man this is helping me get through covid times get through my injury you know get back on the court is there yeah. anything because you, you said the 10,000 hours just now so that's something but well, that was other outliers yeah. right uh, <laughs> no.
0: shout out to Malcolm Gladwell no. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah <laughs> but
0: uh that that's something I want I wish I did earlier as well mm. because if anyone knows me and my family I hated reading <laughs> okay. uh, and I always wanted to be outdoors mm-hmm. doing stuff and if I was indoors, I was, I was studying, but I was never—I never read for fun uh-huh. or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something I always wanted to get into. I wanted to be good at, but I never liked it. And it's mm-hmm. all about finding the right book. Mm-hmm. So you have so much free time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, yeah, I ended up getting one book. I really yeah. loved it. Yeah. From like Chris McLaughlin, he recommended a couple books for me. Yes. Like I told you, and uh-huh. uh, Legacy, amazing book about mm-hmm. the New Zealand uh, uh-huh. rugby team. Uh-huh. It's all about leadership. And different ways how they change their organization to be uh, better leaders. Uh-huh. Uh, all that stuff. That was an amazing book for me that started that whole thing. And now i read like 13 books. It's yep. not amazing, but I'm obviously still playing volleyball. But uh-huh. in my free time, I'm trying to finish these books. Yes. And that's something I wish I did sooner because you're right. It does help mm-hmm. mental toughness. It does help uh, that sports psych side. Yep. I do love uh, nonfiction uh-huh. more. Mm -hmm. that so that it helps me with volleyball or with getting through injuries you know anything so i really enjoy that and seeing different perspectives from coaches from players Mm -hmm. Uh, so that really interests me and i wish i did that a lot sooner as well yeah
2: i think for me personally too i wish i did that a lot sooner too because i did not like reading at all yeah Coming even through college, yeah. I did not like reading for fun. I guess you know you read your textbooks and everything. Yeah, you know? I know,
0: but it's all finding the right book, right? Yes, that interests you, because yeah. then you'll finish it fast.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of things that you passed on. So any of the listeners, you know, just none of these are the the answer. It might not yeah. work for you, but find those things that do work for you. Like you know, if it's making things into games, so it becomes more productive. Yeah, or finding that right book to give you give you that interest to learn a little bit more of how to progress in your career or your sport. Yeah. But all of these little things, they all add up over time. And I think that's the one thing that I really like to share over all of my content is it's all of these little things that will give you the edge mm-hmm. because everyone's showing up to practice, you know? Yeah. But it's all those little things. How much are you getting out of practice? What little things are you doing outside of it to recover and yeah. all of this? But yeah, this is... I mean, we can go on and on and yeah. on. So um, there's so many great stories and i'm sure you'll have many more stories to share yeah after the upcoming years <laughs> yeah, of, all exactly. of all seasons and after covid after covid yeah I, I would love to have you uh, back on the show and everything but any last words for the listeners
0: uh no thank you guys thank you for having okay. me
2: uh thank you for listening and uh that no, was an honor to be here so thank yeah. you no thank you so much for joining us and yeah. thank you everybody again we will be i will be back here same time same place next week and If you haven't already, please subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts or you can or also please uh, rate and comment and give me any feedback that you would like to uh, give me. And I would love to try to incorporate and improve the show, too. But again, we'll be back here next week. And thank you for listening. Aloha.